0: Certainly have fears that there is a serial killer at loose in Perth.
1: Sarah Spears, Jane Rimmer, Kira Glennon, and every time you saw a young girl walking by, you think, Oh God, is she going to be the next victim? Now, one man stands
2: accused. If police are right and Edwards is the Claremont serial killer, he's been hiding in plain sight for twenty years.
0: Could the accused's DNA found under Kira Glennon's fingernail be there because of cross contamination? According to the scientist who tested it, the answer today was no. Welcome to day 36 of Claremont and Conversation. Natalie Bonjola in the studio with Tim Clark and Alison Fan. So today you moved from the Caracata rape DNA testing to that of Kira's nails.
2: Yeah, that's right. Matt. So um, Anne Marie Ashley, um, as we said yesterday, had, has been at PathWest for a very very long time, and now she's one of the very very senior scientists there. Um, and she was very busy in 1995, 96 97 um, because when um kira's body was discovered and the post-mortem was done downstairs so um the mortuary was in the basement of the hospital the qe2 and uh at that time path west was two floors above um, and so when these crucial uh, fingernail um, samples were taken from kira they basically went straight upstairs um, were stored for a few days and then it was miss Ashley and Laurie Webb who were then tasked with um, doing the initial um, process to extract whatever DNA they could off them um, and then run whatever tests they needed to and so that was what um, she described in 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 glorious uh, Technicolor um, this morning um, how that was done um, what uh, tests were run, and um, initially what uh, what results um, they got back from them?
0: And you've just mentioned it is quite complicated, and and uh, you can listen to last night's podcast if you um, do need a little catch up, a lesson in DNA, and that's where our forensic expert explained the process and procedures of extracting the DNA. Okay, so can we talk now through that actual process, how the DNA was uncovered from Kira's nails?
2: Yes, so um, it, was, it was quite similar to um, the process that was done um, to extract the DNA from the um, intimate swabs of the um, Karakata rape victim, which was what we were talking about yesterday. Um, it was, um, so there were 10 nails in, in, te- in 10 pots and what Miss Ashley said she did um, was got a, a swab, um, a little cotton bud type swab swab um, she placed that into some uh, water um, sterile water and then the pot was opened um, the the swab was then uh, rubbed up against the fingernail to get as much material off it as they could um, that the, the end of the swab was then cut um, placed into another pot the the rest of the detritus from the original swab was thrown away the nail remained in the pot was the top was put back on and then the same process was uh, was repeated ten times obviously for the ten nails um, which left them with ten little swabs um, uh, with as much um, DNA material or physical material as they could get off it and then they um, uh, ran um, tests similar to the ones as we described yesterday where the little swab was in a little basket in another little tube um, it was washed um, and uh, as much um, fluid or liquid um, it could extracted out of that swab as, as possibly could be um, which could then be um, um, tested again split up um, if needed um, and then um, tested for whatever DNA they could they could find. Um, and uh, yeah, Miss Ashley basically walked us through that um, as 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 simply as she as she could. Um,
1: very detailed, though very, detailed gym, yeah, yes. very detailed. Yeah, very detailed. Extremely, um, uh, quite so. complicated
2: for for those of us who are not um, DNA specialists. And I assure you, none of us in this room are. <laughs> no, but, it's sort um, of almost
1: so, brain, num- brain numbing in yeah. the detail. But um, the judge even weighed in at yeah. one stage too because he asked to you know, uh, do you just do one fingernail or do you do two? And she said, well, they actually maximise, they'll just try and get as many um, swabs as they can to extract enough what she called cellular material or mm. DNA. Um, if, even if there's one particular bag with maybe a few broken nails, I'll keep swabbing very, very thorough. Mm. I mean, really there should be the forensics science students listening to this because it's covering absolutely everything every aspect of the whole DNA process
0: and did they discuss if there
1: was any leftover
0: material what happened to that
2: uh, in terms of the fingernails yes. or well uh, that the fingernails would remain in those pots um, they w- they certainly wouldn't discard those because obviously that that, that is the only um, the only physical material they really have um, and so any more testing that would need to be done and, and we now know there was many many more tests done on the fingernails um, But they were very careful about the the stuff that they needed to keep was all kept in separate sterile pots and the stuff that they didn't need to keep um, was discarded. And that was discussed as well through a question from the judge this morning about what happened to the other stuff. It would go into a yellow bin, which would then go into the hospital incinerator. So um, will, will we talk about the tests in 96, 97 being primitive compared to today? But from what Miss Ashley's um, uh, detailed explanations so far, they were still very, very careful about um, everything they were doing, and all of this was obviously being um, logged meticulously as well on all the documents because it were every every single document about where each each vial was kept, each which. Which pot went where um, was o- has also been flashed up on the on the court screens,
1: and it's probably thanks to that thoroughness that um, we're hearing in such detail mm. right now. She hasn't been cross examined yet, but at the moment she's outlining. Everything that was done properly, uh, the storage, the the judges asked as well, um, is it kept in the freezer or is it room temperature? She said things that don't deteriorate are kept at room temperature, otherwise they're put in the freezer. Everything is carefully catalogued and um, that's what we're hearing s- so many years later, mm. that um, this thoroughness has paid off. Tim, you just mentioned there was
0: multiple tests done. What did the first test turn up? Um,
2: well, all the tests actually at that time only turned up one DNA marker, and that was Kira's. Um, they ran the um, the epithelials and the, the sperm fraction tests that we talked about yesterday. So very briefly, they split those. Um, it's, it's called an extraction process, and they split them to, to get... Um, the epithelial which is the um presumably the dna should be the dna of the the person um being tested and then they take a, a sperm fraction away to see if there's any sign of anything and blood um and as dr ashley um uh, explained though at uh, the, the the tests that, that were run at that time in 1997, um, which sh- she then performed actually over the next couple of days, so she was, you know, almost exclusively involved with this along with Laurie Webb. Um, nothing came back other than Kira's uh, DNA.
0: Okay, so at what point did they get a DNA match or find a male profile? Um, you know, are you able to maybe talk us through now the the, the DNA journey and mm. how we got to the point where we got to?
1: The unknown male yeah, until well it, a certain un- point, it, it wasn't was, it? Yeah. The unknown male DNA that was on both the Karakata rape victim and, of course, later, but then they linked it up. And of, and that, of course, links to the Sprite bottle, doesn't it? Do yeah, you know? well, yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I as mean, le- let's, let's try and talk this through. So we've talked about the 10 fingernails, um, and th- this is where the journey of the, these started it, on these three days when these tests were done. Um, the tests came back. Uh, for no other person other than kira um but that wasn't the end of the story by any means um significant testing was done on these nails in 2003 in 2004 and then again in 2008 2003 and 2004 they were sent over to a a lab in new zealand they did another specialized um testing um regime Um, similar processes but more advanced processes were done at at both those stages Um, and once again when all the tests were run and when all the results came back there was nothing other than Kira's DNA on them. Now that might sound sound like a negative in terms of a um, a pathway to, to finding who might have killed her but in the whole story it will become a positive for the prosecution or the prosecution will say it was a positive because those tests done in New Zealand at that time showed only Kira, no one else, and not significantly no contamination or potential contamination, nothing um, that shouldn't have been there, only Kira. Mm-hmm. Then in 2008, um, DNA had again jumped light years, even in those five years. Um, and a lab in, the, in London um, called um, the Forensic Science Service, or FSS for short, which was at that time the government-owned DNA laboratory or laboratories, um, uh, and they basically had the monopoly on almost all the criminal major criminal cases in the UK at that time. Um, they were pioneering a technique um, which uh, we'll hear a lot about, and hopefully hear a lot about from Brendan. Uh, in the coming weeks called low copy number DNA, which is the ability to test tiny, tiny fragments of DNA. And we're talking one millionth of a grain of salt or just the sweat from um, uh, someone's palm um, on a on a gun or on a knife. Um, and they had pioneered this. And what it had meant was that um, previously... If DNA samples were too small um, they were able to possibly use something and what we'll hear is AJM 40 which is Kira's thumbnail as we've heard about was so torn that they could only get tiny tiny bits off it when during the post-mortem and for a long time that that uh, AJM 40 was labeled in Pathwest and in amongst the police records as just it was unusable because it was so small But in 2008 when this um, technique had had come to the fore in a couple of high profile cases including the peter falconio bradley murdoch um, murder case which a lot of our listeners will know about um, chris dawson who was the deputy commissioner at that time is now the police commissioner in western australia um, went to the macro detectives and said "Um, have another look it's got to be something we can do dna's come a long way what can we do So Laurie Webb again, along with um, a very senior forensic police officer, went back to the exhibits box, took out all the exhibits and said, is there anything that we haven't used yet that we possibly might be able to? And they came up with AGM 40, which had never been opened at that point. No one had touched that pot, um, according to the prosecution, up until that point. And this is 2008, so we're talking nearly 12 years AGM-42, which which was one of the ones that had been tested, AGM-46 and AGM-48, which are on the other hand. They took these four pots out. They decided, yes, we are going to use these. And it was decided that they would be taken to London, to FSS, and tested using this blow-copy number, or LCN technique. And so that is what happened. um, Laurie Webb and um, uh, uh, the head of macro at the time packaged them up in two envelopes, and flew them to the UK personally flew them to the UK took them to first to London um, there was a lab in Lambeth in London and then ultimately up to a lab in Birmingham which is where most of the LCN testing was done and that's what they did they ran this LCN testing which basically takes tiny amounts and, and, and amplifies it so much that you're able to test it a little bit like the process that Brendan talked about yesterday the photocopying process um, and that's what they did. And in late 2008, um, lo and behold, the, so they had to combine these two samples, I should add that. AGM 40 and 42 were combined, and 46 and 48 were combined and then tested. And uh, lo and behold, 40, 40 and 42 came back as Kira and a distinct male DNA um, contributor. They ran the test again. Um, because you can't just do one test, because it could be a, a, a mistake. They ran the test again on forty and forty-two, and got the same result. Dr. Jonathan Whittaker, who was the bo- basically the boss, the, the the top man at FSS at the time, um, and listeners might want to Google him because he's he's a he's going to be a story in himself in this trial. He's coming to Perth to give evidence. He gave evidence in the Bradley Murdoch trial. He's given evidence in, in other major. Um, cold case trials all over the world, New Zealand, Belgium, um, all over the place. Um, he ran the results and, and got this, and he told, basically rang Laurie Webb uh, in January 2009 and said, yes, we've got a hit, we've got, we've got someone, or we've got a male DNA um, hit. And so those, res- those, those results were passed on to Laurie. Obviously, he ran them through the database as it existed at the time, and got a match and that match was to the Karakata rape victim
0: and what an extraordinary moment that must have been well I I, I can't wait
2: to hear about it in yeah. in person because we're going to hear from these two people we're going to hear from Laurie and we're going to hear from Jonathan Whittaker when he comes to Perth to give evidence um and I'm I'm gonna write a write about it in the for the papers on the weekend um that was the breakthrough that was yep. the breakthrough that that macro detectives have been waiting all those years for ali and, and all those phone calls and heartache and 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 waiting by the phone um what that moment must have been like would have been um would have been incredible
1: because we never heard any of this this ask is amazing you. we've been sort of chasing this story but it was a lot going on yeah we just thought it had all gone idle but, but as hadn't. far as
2: i can see in 2009 that that was kept in house. It oh, was, it that never leaked out. Um, and macro detectors have been notoriously tight lipped. Yes. Um, various well, tiny little things have leaked out. And then, you know, towards the end of the investigation, quite a
1: bit, bit started want, to leak yeah, out. They probably didn't want to fight. Fry- well, if they knew they had, they're still unknown. So they didn't know who mm. who that person could be, whether that, if it was announced that they had yeah. this person's DNA that linked the things.
2: So, uh, I mean, I, and I, ha- I do have to give a shout out. Right? It did actually leak out eventually. So there's been a, uh, there's a journalist in Perth by the name of Brett Christian and he runs a, a local suburban newspaper called the Subiaco Post um, which covers the Claremont area and Brett has followed this story as closely as all of us much closer than any most of us for all these years and um, th- that link to the the karakata rape eventually did appear on the front page of the post Um, end of i'd like to say end of 15 maybe i mean it was 2015 yeah it was it was it was it was way before the arrest anyway and the west australian and every other media (laughs) organization followed it very i mean you know tried to follow it up and they were they were you know they were the the usual sort of um macro oh well it's an ongoing investigation we don't you know give constant updates on 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 our leads and all that but it's proved to be absolutely right
0: so after the 2008 discovery mm. what was the next stage in moving this dna analysis even further
2: so in 2009 and obviously early 2009 they had this link to karakata and so a couple of things happened then um the victim of the rape was obviously contacted and what that moment must have been like for her god know god only knows because you've got macro detectives saying we think the man who killed Kira Glennon was your attacker <laughs> no. um she was retested um and 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 other other um, uh, physical um analysis taken from her at that time and plus they had all the other um physical evidence that they taken from her at the time of the attack and that was all retested first in perth um, and long story short, they they got the same results as they had back in ninety five, or yeah, when they did the original testing, and it was ninety six. Um, and so those results were then sent over to Dr. Whitaker in FSS because they wanted the you know the, the person who was now you know intimately involved in the investigation and a, pioneer, a DNA pioneer, one of the best minds in the world on, uh, in this field to do to back them up which he did he um, ran he ran the, the Karakata victims um, DNA or you know some of these swabs and other, other other things that was kept and got the same results and 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 so he compared the DNA that he had um, got the results and got the same and got a match and then convey that t- back to Perth and say well yes we're getting the same thing as you are um, and so there they are so they've they've, they've They've got a lead, but they still don't have anything yeah. to compare it to because they're running it through the database. And yes, these two things are matching, but it's not matching anyone. To anyone particular, any name. It's not giving them a name anyway. So, and so that's the, and that's what they, where they were um, in early early two thousand and nine. But what it also did was, well, reading between the lines, give. Uh, um a real boost to the macro investigation which had been going now for you know over over 10 years there'd been talk about it being slimmed down and what you know why I hadn't caught anyone anymore there was there was obviously pressure on the investigators but this gave them a real boost and so looking at the timeline of all the evidence that we've heard about so far in the trial from 2009 to 2012 there was significantly more forensic examination done of um, existing exhibits that they had, including jane's hair, uh, we know that that was kept from the postmortem and th- through 09 to 012. There was some significant testing done on that as one of the main physical exhibits they had, and fr- and during that time, that was when fibers started to fall out. five f- you know, significant fibers started to to come to the fore um, during that examination, which gave them then another. Um, avenue of investigation. Um and then, then did
1: they go back on the cold, yeah. look back carefully of all well the that's, cases. And then mean?
2: and then we had the revelation alley about the FBI becoming mm. involved mm. with um with Kira's T shirt because I mean that, that was an, that was another investigation um, avenue that the investi- um, that Macro had gone down in, in 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 getting in getting um the FBI involved as well and they had taken fibers. So you can see, I mean, it's taking years and years yes. and years and years, but they're, they're, they're slowly building up these um, the, all, all these bits of evidence, but they had nothing to point it to.
1: Like a jigsaw puzzle, but then yep. they had to go back and look at all the cases mm. because there's always been a theory that it wasn't just a one-off thing, that they, this person might have had a record of some kind. Mm.
2: Yeah. Yes, um, And an overlay on mm. top of that, obviously, is the interest in Lance Williams who we've talked about. Mm. But Lars was alive. They could get a sample of him, mm. and then lo and behold, didn't match. Didn't match. Mm. And so suddenly, he after was, all,
1: yeah. <laughs> after <laughs> all, mm.
2: after all that, all that um, intense scrutiny of this um, this Perth public servant who police had, you know, quite Saturn publicly watched, said used to yeah. walk, drive around Claremont and in his car, yep. and you know, um, and then lo and behold, he's not a he's, he's He's not a He's person not of interest guy. anymore. So then and, they go uh, but back. We did, well, but, but nobody knew why. But at the, but at the time, we didn't know no, why. that's right. And now we do.
0: And that's the thing. I mean, if it's only because of the advancement of the DNA technology that he was taken Cleared, off yes. the list. Yes. Otherwise, who knows how long he would have been remained in the sights of that's police. That's right. mm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I know you have talked about it in previous podcasts, but we may as well make that link now that we've come this far. How did, um, or how will the prosecution say that this uh, DNA of an unknown male was linked to Bradley Edwards?
2: Mm. So in uh, by this stage, macro is huge, obviously, massive, been going on for years. Um, but DNA technology also advanced so much that um, like hundreds of other police forces around the world um wa police had set up a distinct cold case mm. homicide unit who had been tasked and um, given resources and been tasked to go through you know all the old cases serious top down uh, and see what they could see what they can find in 2013 um they pull a box off a shelf um about um seemingly you know pretty random pretty weird break-in at a house in in huntingdale in 1988 which at the time had had garnered a little bit of interest a little you know little subset of detectives had been tasked to have a look at it but it hadn't gone very far at that time but the evidence had all been kept in a box and so this is 2013 the box was pulled and what they call triaged um yeah, that's something we'll look at, but you know, it's not—it's not at the top of the list. It took them three years. It took WA Police three years to actually get round to testing that what was in that box, and in that box was um, some uh, knotted tights, um, some you know, pillowcase, and a few bits, other bits and bobs, and this kimono—classic eighties kimono, silk, dragon on the back you know the stuff of of of, you know john hughes movie you know just (laughs) classics so they pulled it um they tested it um and it came back positive for semen um so they ran the semen um through all all the processes probably a bit more advanced that we've heard about this week but they ran them uh got positive for the semen did, did all what they needed to do in their white coats, ran it through the database, and... Matched bam, it. There mm. it is.
1: Mm. You're, you're all, yeah, I think matches be, Karakata. The kimono and the Sprite bottle will be the two yeah. things that everyone will remember. Matches Karakata. This, yeah. Matches Karakata.
2: And Matches Kira.
1: Yes. Matches Kira. Mm-hmm.
2: And this is, um, from memory, third week of November t- 2016.
0: Mm-hmm. But we still don't have a name yet.
2: Well, so that's... But they have another lead. And, I, and like I really, I mean, this this is getting serious now. I mean, it wasn't if it wasn't serious enough before, but now we've got you know
0: three events, three
2: events, plus Sarah, plus Jane. So the little mini task force that had been set up at, in nineteen eighty eight, back in the day, when they'd done their um, you know investigations, they turned up all these other little weird. Um, uh, occurrences in in Huntingdale, nickers going missing, um, bras going walkabout off washing lines, and actually including physical break-ins. Actually, you know, person persons getting into a house, and this person, like the Huntingdale attacker, had detailed, um, had a seemingly had a penchant for wearing women's clothing or women's underwear or women's nightwear when he was doing these break-ins. So they went back through they were there there were nine distinct ones and on one of them he'd left a I left a fingerprint on a on a sliding door at the back of the house where he tried to get in um the fingerprints still existed um but back in the day it had been run or the or the database wasn't full enough and they hadn't got a hit so hadn't got a, made an arrest but they, at this point obviously the database is you know nearly 30 years older a lot more fingerprints in there they ran it, and up popped Bradley Robert Edwards. Used to live in Huntingdale, had been convicted for this odd, seemingly out of character attack on a social worker while he was working at Hollywood Hospital in nineteen ninety. And so there they had it. And that's I think that's the twenty third of November, roundabout about when they when the um, when they made the pulled the kimono, um, they get the fingerprint hit. Um, in uh, middle of December 2016. Um, now, you can imagine that day. Yes. Um, and I very, we very much hope to be able to talk to, you know, when the process is, has gone through some of the macro detectives and certainly the police commissioner at the time, Carlo Callaghan, because what that phone call must have been like from the detective saying, sir, we think we've got a name. We've got a name. What can we do or what are we allowed to do? Well, what they were allowed to do was just throw every resource po- at possible at, the, at this person um, which is what they did um, yeah. they started surveilling him um, uh, they uh, started looking into every detail of his background um, and as Ali's mentions
0: the day after, the they after <laughs> the day after they
2: started surveilling him he was he was at a, he was at a movie theater in Perth and, and had a drink as we all do um, probably had some popcorn as well I don't know. <laughs> And that drink bottle was what happened to be Sprite. He happened to throw it in the bin. The police happened to um, be able to get it out of the bin. Quickly ran a DNA test. They got another match, and uh, and there we go. And um, I mean, I've discussed it before. The day of that significant action at Mr. Edwards' house um, was, uh, you know, was one of those days that you'll never forget. In a newsroom, um, you get a call. We think you might need to be ready to go to court tomorrow. Who for uh, this guy? Who we think is going to be charged with the, the Claremont serial killings? And um, and lo- and the following morning he was, and 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 then here we are three years later.
1: I mean, of course, we've got to remember too that he's um, denying that's right the killings. Yeah. he's admitted to the rape because it could be proved that it was his uh, DNA and, and fingerprints. Tail. And that's what he's saying, saying, OK, I'm a sex monster, a rapist, uh, but has maintained that he's not a serial killer. That's right. So this is why the very careful process is going through, because the defence has said there's been some contamination along the way. And that's why these forensic pathologists are going through step by step to show that they nothing got um missed out in fact she said today that she never saw any evidence of any contamination so this is why we're going through what we've been going through for the last um, few days and possibly for the next month or more mm. Mm.
2: yeah and i yeah, i, I ali's exactly right the and and so that is the the timeline as it was laid out and as it has been laid out by the prosecution so far and as we've mentioned so many times um mr jovich in his opening said well that's a lovely nice smooth edged tale to tell and um that's not the tale that i'm going to tell and as ali said he says um at some point in that in that vast timeline um when we know that mr edwards's dna was at path west from 95 kira's samples turn up in 97 um at some point when those two samples arrive in the same building we can safely say that because they were definitely in the same building yes Um, at some point between that point and them being run over to the UK in 2008 there he claims there could have been some event that has meant that a sample from Mr Edwards That was being held has somehow transferred onto the sample um, from Kira.
1: A case that's literally hanging on a fingernail. Yes, yes,
2: absolutely.
0: But you would think you would have to be able to actually pinpoint. That point in time.
2: Well, that's and that's where we're at today and tomorrow. Well, not tomorrow it's Saturday. Tomorrow, but on Monday and the following Monday and the following Monday. So, and that is why we discussed yesterday. Are going in in such minute detail what happened on this day? What like we were down we were down to the minute today. She mm. she could actually tell you the exact time that she got those fingernails out and started testing them as well. Five past three in the mm. afternoon on the 9th of April. Uh, and we and um, we will be down to that and we will keep we will keep going down to that but the pointed question most pointed question for me today was when right at the end miss barbagalla said at any point so far because they have these grid reference boxes and um freezer tags and and ID numbers on everything at, at, at any point had Kira, AGM 40 to 49 any of those samples or the extracts from them have been in the same box mm. as the Karakata samples no are they been run had the DNA testing been done at the same time so far no so that's that's where we're at at the timeline right now up to um, and then there was some other d- extractions done in 2001 um, using a more advanced DNA um um, so this wasn't the fingernails, this was the actual extracts that they'd taken from the fingernails. They were run again during, n- using a different, more advanced test in 2001. The same thing. And, ju- and Justice Hall exa- asked that exact question. Was there any caricature um, samples in that um, box when you ran that sample? No. So that's that's where we're up to, 2001. There's mm-hmm. um, uh, still
0: a long way to go in the journey of this DNA. Mm. There's still a lot of opportunity um, for that potential cross-contamination to happen.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, and it's uh, and and that's what the prosecution are going to try, try and defend, and what that's what the defence is going to try and prove. Um, but the spanner in the works for the prosecution is that during his opening, Mr. Jovich says, "Well, we can show well he claims that we can show there were other exhibits, macro exhibits, not necessarily these ones so far, but there were other macro exhibits that had been contaminated by this by other scientists at Pathwest." um and we're yet to hear any evidence about that miss um, ashley's cross-examination starts on monday um and that might be the first time that we ha- hear any detailed questioning about that because he might ask her well if you're so sure about all your processes and how did that happen and how did that mm. happen? I guess and, it'll, and her answers will be very very interesting
0: Well, thank you both for that very, very comprehensive um, timeline. Uh, I think that will really clear things up for people so that when we get to next week and we are looking at the cross-examination, you'll have a very, very clear picture of exactly how the DNA has been extracted and where the possible um, pitfalls will lie. Well, thank you so much to the both of you. Have a good weekend and a nice break from the court over the weekend. We'll see you back in on Monday. That wraps up Week 8 of Claremont and Conversation. We'll be back Monday for Day 37 and hope to have your company again then. Bye for now.
1: This podcast was produced by Kate Ryan and Alicia Preedy and recorded in the studios of Seven West Media. Audio files were provided from the archives of The Seven Network and The West Australian. Sign up for daily emails and all the latest on the Claremont Trial at thewest.com.au. Enjoying this podcast? If the story behind the headline matters to you, then you can count on thewest.com.au to deliver. For more on Claremont The Trial, follow the live blog, watch the nightly news updates, and sign up for daily email updates at thewest.com.au. Subscribe now for just a dollar a day at
0: thewest.com.au.